so you find I actually had to lock you know lock with a key and I couldn't even step out you know of that room unless she was sleeping <laughs> so, yeah. which which I think was just not um, for me even mentally it just wasn't right so I just I do appreciate coming to work From the Innovation Village, this is episode 25 of my Village podcast, produced through the Next Wave program under the Young Africa Works strategy in partnership with the Mastercard Foundation. And I'm your host, Pauline Achanowin. Last week, I hosted a number of women I work with. I was specifically interested in these women because they are mothers, and I wanted us to have a long overdue conversation about career mothers. What it means, the impact motherhood has had on our careers and things they have adopted to balance having a career and motherhood. I am back with Samantha Nionsaba, the future lab lead, Evelyn Silayo, people experience lead, and Christina Wing, programs lead at the Innovation Village. Martha and Wendy have not been able to join us today due to conflicting schedules. With motherhood comes new responsibilities, which can put mothers at a disadvantage, especially for those who work in highly competitive places. As a result, career mothers find themselves overworked, trying to keep up both at work and home. Those on maternity leave are usually riddled with worry that they will be left behind. I would like to know how motherhood has personally affected your productivity, Samantha. One... uh it has only gone up. What what that means is, I am more determined, right, to leave an impact that my children can see. Um, what 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 I do now is to just assess how can I maximize my productivity. So how best can I structure like working hours? How best can I um, work smart? Right, um, so there's there's actually an 80-20 rule. What is the 20% that you need to focus on to uh, to to achieve the 80%? Right, and that is what I try to do every day. What is the what are the crucial things? Um, and not necessarily diving into every need, uh, little bit, but I would say productivity um, for me is only getting higher because. Um, what we do is leaving an impact on the entrepreneurs that we're supporting who are growing this economy. And Silayo? Being a mom, you kind of have to learn to compartmentalize um, your roles in the various like demand areas. So when you get to office, you know you're an employee and you have certain deliverables. When you're home, you know you're a mom you have certain deliverables. So for me, I think um, how it has affected my productivity is each part affects the other part. Where, for example, as I was sharing, when my child is unwell, yes, I am at work, but I am worried sick about 
their well-being is at home and I constantly call to find out I constantly keep thinking okay am I a bad mom because I'm not there should I have taken off should I you know so there's that bit too um, in terms of uh, work it has I would say it has affected me positively in the sense that I know what to prioritize and what how you learn how to prioritize because now you know that your time in office is limited so you have to know what needs to get done so schedules have to be there prioritizing has to be there have you found yourself in a position where you are given less challenging tasks or roles or even consciously or unconsciously taken on less challenging roles to make space for the responsibilities that come with motherhood mm, i would say in my profession no because that's not really an option and the funny thing is when i come to office i give, given my position i am the mom in office so i feel like i still have to take care of the people the same way as i would take care of my children so in terms of taking a less demanding i don't think that has ever applied to me samantha no one my supervisor is a mother herself and a very accomplished lady and um what what she actually does is to support me and also from her experience on how to um how to manage uh, a fast-paced environment but being able to achieve so one is flexible hours um uh, two is how can you leverage that team and and i think also that speaks into when you say um you know maybe in tasks that you're doing do you take in this i wouldn't say less demanding roles i would say that um how do you build your team mm. to be able to handle um different tasks right especially as especially as a lead right you should be essentially building capacity of your team and also ensuring they're growing in their roles so you find also that is um that also supports so i would say also having a very uh, great team that i do that also supports to ensure that we are always delivering um but also definitely my supervisor who is also a mom and uh, has also made strides um in her profession um also giving experiences on how to on how to cope uh and how to work smart Christine, if I remember correctly, you joined the Innovation Village pregnant. What was that like for you? I joined the Innovation Village in June when I was almost 30 weeks pregnant as a senior program manager, and I only worked for I think 10 weeks before I I had the baby. So when I came back to a opportunity to have a new position I was almost shocked but I took on the challenge mm. so as of November I became the program's lead How did you balance demands of motherhood and your new role as a program lead would you say your productivity was affected No <laughs> um I would say sometimes I ask my supervisor like how do I do this and balance Um, and, and a lot of times I have to go and talk to the other moms to get an understanding of like how to do it, but I've not 
the workplace has not given me less challenges. It's just about how I balance it out and rise to the occasion. COVID revolutionized the way we work. People found themselves working at home. Some people were excited about the changes because it meant less time on the road to and from work. Those who thrive at night were relieved because they could then sleep during the day, no need to fight for changes in schedules. However, for most parents, it was a big adjustment. Most found it chaotic and quite tough working with children at home, especially for women. What was that like for you? Let me start with Samantha. Oh my goodness, during COVID. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I usually say it is on. Um, working from home, I know, has, has benefited a lot of people. Uh, but for me, just from my experience, I, I, I enjoy coming to work um, only because I have two um, kids, you know, two and below and so when they see mom they do not understand that mom is working wow, no. it's, it's it's not there so you find that um actually the, the, when i work from home i would actually say my productivity is low <laughs> it's low so 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 i do just ensure that um the kids are in the right um you know are in the right hands are 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 doing well they are healthy they are thriving and so that when i do come to work i can also focus on on my productivity but uh for me i would say covid was a very very trying time because they um at that time i only had one uh but she didn't understand that mommy has to work so you find i actually had to lock you know lock with a key and i couldn't even step out you know of that room unless she was sleeping <laughs> so, yeah. which which i think was just not um for me even mentally it just wasn't right so i just i do appreciate coming to work silayo uh if it is it comes to working from home i ha it has i have to psychologically switch to the phase where i am working i'm an employee but at home so that means clearing the space, looking for, you know, an area where my kids are not around and yeah, but yeah. But all I know is I don't think moms have a choice really. No, we don't. <laughs> yes, I don't think we have a choice. I think um as our colleague Samantha said earlier, we just have to get to them it's called mind of a matter state mm-hmm. and what needs to be done then needs to be done then, yes. It must have been tough time given your position as people lead. After the first round of COVID, uh, so we were there the first week, second week, and being in HR, we are actually the ones who are busy, busiest during that time because you need to communicate to the teams, you need to figure out a way to monitor and manage performance when people are working from home. You need to figure out how to uh, support and um uh the employees when they are at home meaning data airtime uh make sure that they're on calls make sure that they're still achieving the targets that need to be met so i had to adjust really quickly mm-hmm. for me there was no time to to rest as such i think uh, it was it just happened for one week until the ceo called me and was like 
HR. We need a way forward. Now, you remember in Uganda, we did not have, actually across the world, most of the labor policies are tied to a certain fixed mindset. So the Ministry of Labor had to send out something which now formed our basis of how to work because most businesses would not have survived uh, operating the way they would. Mm-hmm. So that's why you saw many people taking um, unpaid leave, others work, others work from home, others cut pay, others, but the law gave us permission to do that. So, yeah, uh, I think I am better at it now uh, because, okay, the timings are a bit different because when I'm home now I have to, you know, double this side and this side. But um, yes, I, I think I've learned to do so and it has really sharpened the skill of focus. Mm-hmm. Yes, because now you can't keep on procrastinating because you know that your actions are tied to an output uh, in both the sense of being a mom and an employee. The Innovation Village is passionate about using technology to empower people to realize their potential. But even though strides have been made, women are still underrepresented in the tech space. From your experience, what working solutions do you think can be adopted to bridge the gap for women in general? Mm, That's a good question. one from, from, from best practice that I have seen and, and us also trying to improve on that is one having, having um, female focused programs. Uh, one, uh, you know, as ladies, we understand the different challenges that we face and at times having programs where, um, <clears throat> where it's, you know, unisex is, is also great. Um, however, you find that there are some things that you can be shy about stating, um, even in running a business as a woman. You find you face certain challenges, but you find if you are in unisex programs, you might be shy about stating those challenges because you don't want to seem that you don't have it in control, especially with your fellow male colleagues. So I do believe having, uh, you know, focused female programs that are growing them, that are not only supporting just the business part, but also the personal part. Silayo? So first of all, I believe the foundation of every society is family. And so empowering the child, the girl child from ground up is, is the more longer-lasting strategy than us being in the workspace and then keep on trying to push because it's one thing to try and bring them on board when their mindset is not yet that you can do this. Um, so I would say, first of all, we need to have like a gender mainstreaming policy from a country perspective because then that will push accountability to organizations to be able to be more inclusive in that. Um, also, in the sense of just raising campaigns across institutions, uh, education institutions, that yes, this science roles are now for both people, and also for the men, administrative roles are also for both people. So it's not it's not about gender anymore. It is what is your passion? What can you do? What can't you do? What do you want to grow in? And how do you want to be supported? Because the era of um, 
is it blue color white color mm-hmm. it's past and and if you recall our parents studied what they did because the government would allocate that cost to them not because they were passionate about it and it is because the country at those moments after colonialism needed people in that space to be able to run the administration of the country so Yes, and you remember there was that narrative you have to be a lawyer, doctor, pilot, what because that is what was needed and the, the arts were nowhere to be seen. But if you do a research right now, the arts are actually doing way better than yeah, mm-hmm. than the tent rules ish. So I think it's just about empowering them and letting them, you know, thrive in that space. Christine, I see you nodding your head in agreement. We have to be more intentional from day one. Um, I'm a high school teacher by profession, so I think we need to be more intentional about introducing these things to girls in school um, and have a conversation in the household because there's also a lot of stereotypes and culture gets perpetuated as we go generation by generation. But here at the village, the teams are really trying to be more intentional about how we even market our our opportunities within the tech space. So when we have tech programs coming out of the tech and data team, what type of marketing, what type of images are they showing to show women that it's for them as opposed to this assumption that oh, it's tech, it's it's not for me. Um so that's one thing that we're doing right now, but I think it's it's a total social change that needs to happen and in that sense, I think the Innovation Village could work hand in hand with the ministry of gender ministry of education to try to advocate for some of these things to happen on a on a policy level yes i agree change has to happen and it doesn't happen overnight all systems that uh, have to be dismantled to make space for our current realities which includes the changes in gender roles and the need for equal opportunities in places of work coming up after the break Beyond the degree, you need critical skills no one teaches you in school. Fortunately for you, the Innovation Village Fellowship Program is back. The Innovation Village Fellowship is a partnership program with Mastercard Foundation that prepares fresh graduates to excel in today's dynamic workplace. For 6 months, we train you on the job with the purpose of helping you to identify and use your strengths to build a meaningful career. We mentor you as you work on real projects that solve Africa's biggest problems. We're looking for fellows with an interest in research, data science, innovation support, content marketing, product development, programs among others. To apply, visit fellowship.innovationvillage.co.ug. Welcome back from the break. You're still listening to my village podcast and with me are Samantha Nyonsaba, Evelyn Silayo and Christine Owing. Christine, you spoke of choosing to be intentional in the way you market your programs to encourage women. How are you leveraging your position as the program's lead to ensure women are given opportunity to embrace tech and innovation both at the Innovation Village and with relevant partners? 
Um, my team runs the programs at the Innovation Village, so we're right now focused on how we can bring 300,000 young people into meaningful, sustainable work um, with the MasterCard Foundation. So we have specific targets that we're always working with their teams to be more intentional about how are we engaging women. Right now, we are realigning our frameworks to see that that turns into practical action because I think one and a half years into the program, we've realized that a lot of people take it for granted that we need to reach 70% women and how that's seemingly challenging, especially reaching the targeted types of people that we are reaching as our beneficiaries dictate. Um, we're looking at rural women, refugee women, urban slum dwellers. So trying to get those sorts of women involved in tech, it's not an obvious pathway. So we need to be really creative and innovative about how we create opportunities for women in, that, in those circumstances. And at the same time, continue with the thought leadership and the policy suggestions that we make. And we have teams here who are constantly engaging the ministries on, on such. Samantha and Christine, any upcoming projects that you are excited about? Yeah, I'm really, really excited about the work we're doing with YCI, the Her Start. Um, we've really worked to, with the Ventures team here to engage young women who want to start businesses. And I'm excited to see the work coming out of those communities because there's a lot of hope um, for a different sort of future for them. You know, breaking the cycle of poverty is extremely, extremely challenging. And it doesn't go unnoticed that even a small thing like having a baby can just set you back because you've spent all of your savings. Um, so right now we're working, we're targeting a fewer number of women, but really trying to elevate them through the Her Start program. And so that's really what I'm excited about, especially because it's really focusing on women. And I think we have a lot to learn from that program and how we can approach other things that we do at the Innovation Village. So I'm grateful for that team. Yes. Um, so Again, as we continue to drive entrepreneurship and innovation, we have um, an innovation expo coming up this month, 24th of June, that's going to showcase the startups that have gone through our programs and their partners, as well as um, you know invite people who can who um, invite you know industry leaders and and users that can benefit from the. Um, from the solutions from these startups um, if they're facing challenges that are aligned to the solutions. Uh, so that's one. We also have our monthly corporate innovation webinars. So if you'd like to know more about how as an organization you can continuously understand how to create value from innovation, we do um, hold these monthly webinars where we, you know, we give insights on how to then create implementation steps within your organization um, and it's not limited to you know if I'm a bank if I'm a hospital if I'm a what these steps are apply across the board um, so again your yeah, monthly webinars and also one critical one we do have a corporate innovation summit that's also coming in in August again you know just networking and coming together to share best practice um, and you know bring in top experts to continue to guide um, our, our, our industry. Finally early this year I hosted Jamila of Smart Girls Foundation she works with uh, young girls and women most 
don't have the resources to hire a maid, pump and refrigerate milk and so much more. So she set aside a room at her workplace where mothers can breastfeed their babies and even have their babies washed over if they come to work with them. What changes would you like to see happen, not just at the Innovation Village, but all workspaces? Samantha. Yeah, one most important one is a lactation room. Why? Because we do know that our, I think most companies, um, the leave um, is three months, um, but you know, most mothers would like to continue breastfeeding and I also think that's critical because um, when you come from breastfeeding daily, I think we all do understand the body needs and the body functions that even when you come to work there is a need to you know, um, so lactation rooms I think are very important uh, it gives relief for a mother um, and then also concentration uh, again, if we know those body functions, you can lose concentration if, you know. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, lactation rooms, I think, would be very key. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I think, t- to me, that, that, that's, the most, that's the most important. Christine? We had talked about having a crash, so I think it's in the works, where, you know, we just have a room for pregnant and nursing mothers so that people can just have that moment of peace. But I'd say I was even speaking with some of the moms yesterday because I said my daughter is nine months and a few weeks. Eh? Yeah, she's almost nine and a half months and I'm still breastfeeding. She's never had formula. And they were like, how? How did you manage that when you're here so many long hours and you can't pump? Because at the village, we don't right now have a place to pump. We don't have a refrigerator to store milk. So those are some simple things that I think can be quick wins. Get a refrigerator. It doesn't have to be in a, in a room. So even if we had to pump, if I had to pump in my car, at least that would be fine if I could bring some milk. Um, so I would really love to see those changes. And I know it's in the works. So I'll continue to push from my, in my position. I can push a little bit to see that it happens. Silayo. You're the human resource, so I know I'm putting you on the spot with this question. Wow. Okay, so for me, okay, first of all, sitting as the HR, I cannot only look at the... I need to be very sensitive in how I respond to this because I not only need to look at the employee side, but also the employer side. So first of all... The reason as to why we are employed is because our skills are adding value to the organization. The organization is making an impact, a profit, revenue out of the skills that we are making and compensating accordingly. So where the company would be coming from is how do we um, continue to empower uh, the women to perform as we still take care of the other side. So I would, I would, I think, uh, encourage the flexi time um, approach, but also make it very clear that the deliverables still stand as they are, so that it gives the lady flexibility to 
there are workspaces where women go to office probably at 6 p.m. and leave at 9 p.m. not at night yes then uh, in this in that uh, sense as well I would want to be in a workspace which provides a facility where if I decide to be in office I can come with my child and they're taken care of while I am here so maybe a crash with um, maybe a daycare person within the crash who is hired by the organization. Like I know, I think Bank of Uganda does that. It actually has that facility. Um, also, um, the fact that we already have paid maternity, I think is a very, very good thing. And um, also medical for my children, as much as I'm the principal. Uh, so that relieves a lot of burden of me. Yes, then just being in a space where the culture is family-oriented, uh, whereby when we are talking about I need to rush home, my child has a fever, they actually get the feel that, yeah, this is a priority. So, yeah, I think for me that would be it. Thank you so much, ladies, for sharing your experiences of what it means to be a career mom, the impact motherhood has had on our careers and the things you have adopted to balance having a career and motherhood. From the Innovation Village, this is my village podcast produced through the Next Wave program under the Young Africa Works strategy in partnership with the Mastercard Foundation. And I'm your host, Pauline Achanawing.